Hello, and welcome back to the Curious One podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions, as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Hello, my friends. It has been a while since I shared a new podcast episode. I've had some wild transitions occur in my life, but I am beyond excited to be back behind the microphone and sharing some inspiring conversations with you. In this episode, I sat down with trauma-informed coach, digital content creator, dog mom, and speaker, Amy Lee. Amy works to empower individuals to break the cycle, reclaim the truth of who they are, and step into their transformative worth. Amy spent the last decade of her life uploading videos on YouTube covering a variety of topics, from fashion to healing your emotional wounds. During our conversation, we chatted about Amy's healing journey, outgrowing past relationships, the truth behind finding your passion, advice she would give her younger self, and as always, so much more. I gained a lot of value from my conversation with Amy, and I hope that you do too. May you be inspired, may you be curious, and may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Curious One podcast. I am honored to bring you guys today's guest. We have Amy Lee on the podcast. Welcome, Amy. Thank you for taking time out of your day to record this with me. Hello. Thank you for having me. I know it's been quite the journey to get me here, so I appreciate your patience. (laughs) I appreciate your comma. What's the word? You being accommodating? I don't know. I don't know. For sure. You did That's it. good. You did That's it. Good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're here now. I'm so stoked. Um, I've been like really thinking about how I'm going to kind of like give you a small blurb of introduction. And I was really struggling, but I was like looking at your Instagram bio, which I freaking love. I want to share. And then also to, um, I think I found this one from seen, seen and safe, but just, I want to share a bit about you. Cause I know it's like the most awkward question of like, tell me about yourself. That's the hardest question. So Amy, you are a life coach, a digital content creator and speaker. This is from your Instagram bio. And I thought it was really cool. Um, You empower people to break the cycle, reclaim the truth of who you are and step into your transformative worth, because as we'll get into, you've had quite a journey, which I'm so stoked to talk to you about Um, and your many other things. So is there anything you want to add to what I just mentioned there? (laughs) Oh, I think you got it all. I'm a dog mom and mm. um, I think that I'm a dog mom that I, I like identify with that strongly. So other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and you love to dye your hair different colors. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. definitely identify with like being um, kind of like a uh, contrarian, like kind of like a person just marches to the beat of their own drum. So, um, coloring my hair is like probably, I used to think that was so cheesy. Um, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine what it would look like to go back to black. It sounds so silly though. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, so many times since you dyed your hair teal, I have thought about it. I like, this is virgin hair. Like I've never done anything to my hair. I've had the same hairstyle forever. And I'm like, I, I look at the Instagram filters and I like put them on for like the bright teal hair and everyone's like, well, why don't you just do like a bit? I'm like, no, I want to do like full blown. I might do it. 
You should do it. Life is short. <laughs> Life is short. And it'll definitely give you a type of like, I don't know, a little, it makes life a little bit more zesty if you've never done it. Cause I had, I was just like you, like really never touched my hair. Always like, no, this hair is fine. And then after that, I'm like one of those people that dyes their hair every other month. It feels like they're, you know, like now I'm on my third color. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's great. And I love seeing like, what color is she going to do next? Um, but also too, I want to provide some context because we were just talking before so you speak and like speaking of hair color and like expressing ourselves maybe our avatar as you say like externally um I originally found you from your creating fashion content like how how many years ago do you think that was like nine ten years ago Honestly, yeah, I think so. I, I honestly, whenever I probably graduated from college, so it was a good four to five years that I was doing that. So maybe in the past, like half the decade, it's kind of changed and like evolved from that. Yeah. And so you have quite the platform with that, like through your journey and like, it's not, it, it's all these different elements. So like, I just want to give people context. Your YouTube now is 530,000 subscribers. Your Instagram's 159,000. And like, that's not including seed seen and safe there's this place called seed and salt and i keep wanting to say that i don't know why <laughs> sorry it's, it's like not not even comparable anyways and just so many other projects that you've done so like you have this powerhouse behind you and i i i think it's great because i personally love your content i resonate with so much of it and like what you share really inspires me and especially like the expression that you've really been talking about lately and like stepping into the divine feminine and going back to our childlike self like even just like the dyeing your hair thing. Like I just, I don't know, it's really getting the gears turning in my head and getting me to ask a lot of questions to myself, which I think is one of the most powerful things for sure. So um, yeah, just want to, just want to, that makes me so happy. And like, yes, um, you're like tooting my horn for me. So I'm like, thank you. (laughs) I'm the biggest hype girl always. I just love fucking hyping people up. I'm going to be a hype coach or something one day. Yes, you definitely (laughs) should be. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I've been a bit all over the place, but I want to start like from the beginning, like from this YouTube channel that we've been talking about what originally inspired you to create the YouTube channel and like what was we've talked about a bit but like what was the intention behind it then I think for me I was just like a 17 year old girl who really I grew up reading a lot of fashion blogs for better or for worse for my body dysmorphia and like all these things about what the fashion world entails but um YouTube hadn't even been bought by Google yet it was like I just like in my mind I see old school YouTube when Michelle Fawn was uploading and it was just a totally different era and so um I had come from pretty much like text blogging. And then I bought like a really cool pair of like Jessica Simpson, Danny platform heels. And I didn't know that they were going to be like all the rage within like the next year. But um, I put like a 30 second video clip of me wearing them, like not even showing my face or my body. It was just like, I think I shot it on 30 millimeter, the like vintage phone app. Um, and then I uploaded it and it kind of got like a thousand views like back then. And that was like going viral at that time. Um, and so the comments were like, oh, can you style these necks? And so I said, sure, why not? And so I kind of just kept doing that. And um, I obviously like at that time, influencers and agencies weren't even a thing. Um, this was just the time that Michelle Fawn was like really blowing up and like going viral in like 9 million views and um, doing all her like makeup tutorials. Um, but I just kind of kept up with it. And then I went to school at UCLA. Um, I thought I was going to go work corporate and do something in marketing and like tech or something. Um, 
um, decided I hated working for other people. And then I was like, oh, I should do YouTube full time. Um, but even that was very like I had to go through a journey to like discover that for myself. Mm. And so now how would you describe like your platform now? I would describe it as somewhere in the intersection of like mental wellness, spirituality, um, therapy, advocacy, um, a little bit of social justice and beauty and lifestyle because like um, I, I still love beauty, fashion and all of those things and like aesthetic furniture and decor. So I would say it's a lot of uh, so many different things. It sounds very LA when I try to explain <laughs> it from someone who isn't um, familiar with that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I know I sound so LA, but that's literally my channel. I think it's good though, that you have all, all of the elements because, or all of those different elements, because it makes maybe the more heavy topics, like not as aggressive in a way. And like, if I'm watching, cause often you do like, I love those, um, living alone diaries or whatever you do. And so they're quite long, the videos, and you'll have all different forms of content in it, but I'm still taking away something from like, as a self-development, like I love that stuff in like spirituality and healing. I still take something away like that, but it's also like aesthetically pleasing. Like I'm a Libra. I like nice stuff. And like, <laughs> I love and, that. Yeah. So I, I, I really like how it's like that and not just like constantly just like this, like do the work and, um, you know, because it can be too heavy Impact font and like yeah. the same thumbnail over yeah. and over. I know those videos very well. And some of those videos have been really helpful to me. But it's really important for me to like be relatable in the sense of like, this is what I like. And so I don't want to like sacrifice my, um, I guess, like love for design while also talking about like mother wound or like healing trauma or like, um, I don't know, like abusive relationships. And then it'll be like an aesthetic font over it. It with like some <laughs> color grading and that's like totally my vibe it's like all the things in one <laughs> I'm here for it I also like even um because I'm like I, I've always been so like not connected to my creativity and 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 like I guess like that feminine to be completely honest because my sister was always the creative one so I always thought I had to identify as something different um I've been really trying to connect more to that and like I have a friend who's an art therapist so I like go to I did one of her programs and I was like painting my body and things like that. And so just trying to connect back to this, even like when I decorated this apartment that I have, like, it was so interesting for me to see what like would come up and then like how I would feel expressing myself in that way and like really flexing that side of myself. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think it's super cool. I think that you, I was going to say, like, just from seeing your apartment via um, Zoom, I think that you're like absolutely a creative person, maybe not in the way that we think of like traditional creativity, which might be like drawing, you know, music or singing or dancing. It's like um, even hosting a podcast like this is absolutely exercising that creativity. So I think like um, and this is something I obviously struggle with as well. It took me a long time to kind of um, not only like accept but also to proudly claim that I'm a creative because I was like no like I'm a scholar like I went to school and things like that but it was really just me kind of um not seeing myself clearly and not validating that worthiness in my creativity especially because so much of us view creativity as like drawing or painting or you know mm -hmm. the traditional modes but like there's so much creativity in choosing fonts in taking the right Instagram photo and like obviously a lot of design goes into your apartments 
So I think like definitely from just like the get go of what we like from the get go, like just meeting you, I'm like, you're absolutely a creative person, <laughs> yeah. but it's maybe that like disconnect that we, you know, don't want to, um, we don't see that for ourselves and that's kind of like the work we're here to do but having a podcast and like i see your artwork in the background like absolutely creative like we're all creative beings it's just how much do we um tune into that frequency and how much do we claim and honor it it's kind of like watering your creativity plant and also creativity looks like so many different things now especially with technology Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And yeah, so I've just been like, I, I love that. It's because it's exactly what it is. Even like writing. I want to get better at writing and like I love reading. And so um, it's definitely, yeah, just like changing the narrative on what we define as creativity. Um, as I was preparing to like ask you questions, I was like, oh my goodness, like what do I want to ask Amy? Because this was coming in the works for like quite some time now. And so I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it, do, it is not you. Trust me. Do not even worry about that. Um, I swear <laughs> I'm not this unprofessional. I, mean, I'm like, <laughs> I have not thought that one bit. Do not even worry. <laughs> You're more good. I'm not kidding. Um, but I was just like, and, and I said to you at the beginning, I was like, I'm sorry. These questions are just like way too aggressive, but I just want to like hit you with it if you're good to go there. Um, but what was my first one? Cause I had one that wasn't that aggressive. Um, so, okay. We, we've kind of touched on this, but I'm curious if you want to add anything more to it, but like what types of uh, topics, or maybe is there anything that comes to your mind right off in this chapter of your life that you're just way more passionate or like really feel called to speak out about, um, in this chapter, maybe of your life? Um, I'm definitely going through like a huge transitional period. So there's a lot of like fear and self-doubt that's like coming up. But I think the biggest thing for me is, um, I've like really, as I've settled into this like healing journey and like discovered or not discovered, I would say like uncovered the truth of who I am is, um, I don't want to be a celebrity figure or an influencer that is kind of like this role model for healing. It's actually now I want to step into a leadership or authority figure that can actually be in the room with you to help others heal. So I, I think like the past decade of my life has been like, oh, like, you know, I've been going to therapy and this is what I've learned. And then realizing that even in that, I was kind of giving up my power because I realized people weren't having, people weren't having the same results by going to therapy. And then it started surely and even work with my therapist who was like you need to be a life coach like you need to be out there like helping people once I realized that other people weren't getting the same results from therapy I realized maybe it isn't therapy maybe it's actually me and what I've been learning through like psychological practices and um, healing modalities and things like that so um, the biggest thing that I'm like really coming to terms with is I don't want to be an influencer that tells you to go to therapy I think I'm more powerful like sitting once one with the person actually figuring out your life and like coaching you to get out of this mess because I've known now like this was you know this healing in 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 general is a huge like it requires a huge army of people like we're we don't heal alone so I have so many therapists Reiki healers like like all these types of shamans that have helped me like get out of kind of the darkness but also me coming to terms with like, oh, actually it was also me that kind of led myself out of this and I can do that for so many people. So I'm kind of like done being a celebrity figure and I just wanna be in the room with people literally helping people figure out their lives. So that's kind of like the biggest transition and realization that I've come to. It's super scary because obviously for the past 10 years I've been influencing, I've been this like, 
figure on the internet. Um, and I won't disappear because like now I need to use my audience as like a marketing tool. Uh, I mean, like before I was marketing other people's products and now I'm just going to be marketing my skills and who I am. So that's kind of just where I'm at right now. It's awesome. Is it, and so like you, you want to be holding space, like we'll get into scene and safe and like more of it, but like, I'm just out on that. Like I'm, you want to work just solely one-on-one with individuals and like hold space for them as they heal. Thank you. Awesome. Well, yeah, I definitely like we're coming out and my, when I say we're, my team and I were like basically getting ready to launch like a group program, which you're going to be in like a safe container of like 20 people and everyone's going to be doing like course curriculum and we all kind of like heal together and get life coaching together. Um, and then also doing like one-to-one like private client coaching. Um, and then seen and safe is kind of like the, um, more accessible, like younger generation. Cause I know I have a lot mm. of like Gen Z and like, um, young people who are excited to like heal, but might not have the, um, financial means to hire like a coach because coaching is expensive, but it is absolutely worth the investment, just like Mm -hmm. a great therapist. Like you are absolutely worth that investment. Um, so scene and save is kind of like the, um, I would say kind of like the sampler before we get into, if you want to work with me, like as a coach. Um, so that's kind of like where I'm at right now with my career. So it's a lot of transition. I'm super scared, but I'm just doing the dang thing. Yeah. I commend you. And like, everyone's scared. No one knows what they're doing. I mean, like, yes, you, you do. No, I have no idea what I'm doing. No, no, no. Like I, I I proudly claim that, but also realizing that nobody knows what they're doing. Like not even Jeff Bezos and his like, um, phallic, uh, skyrocket thing, like his space rocket. He doesn't know what he's doing either, but like the most important thing is that we get in the ring and, you know, show up. So hundred percent. Um, that quote that Brene Brown loves. Um, yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's Arena. super yes. long though. I yeah, can't. Yeah, I know. It. <laughs> but like, I, yeah. we get the message. We're, we're yes, on the same yes. page. Uh, and I commend you on it because I feel the same way. Like, um, I'm having a big transition in my life at the moment. And like, people, so many people are like, oh my God, what? Because what I'm doing is quite drastic considering the resources that I've had. I'm really just jumping into the abyss and don't know what I have in front of me. Anyways, I mean, you're doing like, something right. <laughs> thank you. I, yeah. I do. Like I've never felt more aligned with something in my life before. So I'm like, th- it's going to work out, you know? And, and if not, I learned something as well. Like there's no such thing yes. as failure, I think. Yes. Um, And so it's so like, this is why I want to have conversations with people that again, are doing the dang thing, as you said, is because I respect them so much more. Like I really don't view any failure for anyone. And so being around people that see that as well, that like, no one knows what they're doing is so empowering and just inspiring. So good for you. I want to ask about like that transition of deciding like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a life coach because my partner just kind of made that decision in less than this past year, he's like a physique coach, but he also does life coaching. And he's really, I know him, like he's my partner. I probably know him the most. And I like literally like, I'm like, you need to help people. You need to show people this gift. And, but I know how much pressure he feels on himself, et cetera. So like, I'm just curious what that kind of process felt like for you. And that, that, that maybe that blossoming for you. I think that it's been the course of two years because I've been feeling burnt out, which 
being burnt out is the ultimate sign of just knowing that you're not in alignment. So mm. um, for the past two years, even when my channel would do well and get like, you know, a certain number of views and whatever, um, I thought that would bring me so much like fulfillment. But then I realized like um, I was still burnt out, like regardless of the videos doing well or if I was getting more sponsorships, I just didn't feel fulfilled. And so I thought that maybe there was something wrong with me. And so I kind of kept doing it. Um, but now as we've like gone into the pandemic and like have had so much time to like be alone. And as I've like hired mentors and hired my own business coaches and life coaches, I realized like, oh, when you're stressed and burnt out, like consistently something is out of whack and you need to listen to that, like to the best of your ability. Um, but so many of us are tuned into like, you know, this is as good as it's going to get, or, you know, maybe it's just me that like is ungrateful because those are a lot of the thoughts that mm -hmm. I had. Um, so getting to be strong enough and to get to that point where I was like, no, like I need to like change something and it feels like jumping from one edge of a cliff to another edge of the cliff and not knowing like, am I going to make it? And like, maybe I do make it to the other side of the cliff, but I like slip on the other side and I like scream because that's how it feels right now. Um, so it's been a long process and it still feels really scary. But the first thing I started doing was just like changing my Instagram bio and like, um, we're getting the website made right now. So I just like, technically I haven't had any, um, real like coaching clients paying me. Um, but I know that I've been coaching like all my friends, peers and like on the internet for so long. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. And I'm, I don't, I'm like really, I know sometimes I can come across as like blowing sunshine of people's asses, but I'm just really trying to just step into like, this is just who I am. Like, I just love people. And I love to like see the value that people bring and like just really reflect that back to them so anyways but i just want to say like the, the free content you make like even the value you have in that it's just like it's gonna come and you have that platform like not that it hasn't come i mean just like when when that opens it's gonna it's gonna be so cool to see the things that you get up to and i'm sure a lot of it won't be seen by people because it will be one-on-one -on -one. um so I think thank it's so you. Cool. And yeah. no, you're not blowing. We need more people to blow sunshine up other <laughs> people's not. asses. That's such a, I don't know who told you that. That's so negative, but like we need more of whatever that is um, in, in today's world. So like, don't like whoever said that, like F them. <laughs> okay. This question I was like the most curious about, I don't know why, um, but I'm so curious. What have been some of your proudest accomplishments, both personally, or you can just choose to answer one, both personally or the ones that you've created with your platform as well? Oh, man. I honestly think having just like the courage and like the audacity to like just show up as myself in each phase of my life. So I think because like my job is so intertwined with who I am. I mean, if you're doing like influencing right, you are an authentic person. Um, but I will tell you, there's so many people I know that, you know, who they are online versus who they are in person, it's not aligned. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say that if you are not you know, um, fooling people in your audiences, I would say that, you know, it's pretty much who you are, like what, what you're showing on the internet. And so I think my like proudest accomplishment is always kind of just being really honest about who that person was. So like, 
Um, I saw this meme of a dog. It was like, if you cringe at your old self, that's a good thing. It means you're like growing and evolving. So when I look back at like who I was like pre all of this crazy healing, spiritual self-development journey, I kind of cringed because that was a person that, you know, didn't have any emotional intelligence, never cried, used to think like hyper-independence was like a sign of like worthiness, but it was actually just a trauma response and a coping mechanism for not wanting to be fully seen. So even though I had no idea, like, I just had the audacity to show up like as this fashionable, like, I don't care about emotions type of self and then like had the audacity to show up as the way I am now. So I think that's like the biggest um, accomplishment. And I'm like kind of surprised now that I'm like moving away from influencing. I'm like, wow, like I really came out of this whole thing like pretty normal because I started really (laughs) young and, you know, our brains and our like cognitive development, they're still like our brains aren't fully developed until we're 25 so like of course like fame or being like a public figure is absolutely going to like mess with you psychologically that's just like how it goes and so now i have kind of like more compassion being like wow like you're such a normal person like whatever that means (laughs) kind of just like i've always been like um is it not like hannah montana like you know this influencing stuff is like one part of my life, but who I really am is like someone who just like loves her dog and like wants to hang out by the beach and like talk about trauma. (laughs) So I think that's like my biggest accomplishment, both um, career and just like personally. And then all the things that have come with that, which is just like inspiring other people to kind of like embark on this like authenticity journey and this like journey coming back to who you really are, which is like your amazingness, like your enoughness, like your inherent worthiness. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I love it. There was, I I read this article and it was back from 2018 and I know you're talking about moving away from influencing. So I don't want to like encourage that, but they, they put this in the article and it, it said, um, they were just talking about you and they said, instead of using social media to give the illusion of perfection, she speaks out against it and encourages people to live their truth. And I, I literally was like, yes. Cause I was like struggling to be like, what am I going to, is that about me? Yeah, this was in 2018. Someone wrote this. It was an interview you did. I can't remember what the article is. I can link that's it in the so show funny. notes. I love that. Well, that's right. Like, that's in 2018. I feel like 2018, I was still like the version of myself uh, that people kind of like know me as now, which is like mental wellness, um, but definitely not as evolved. So that's really mm-hmm. funny. But that's awesome. <laughs> I know. And I, I read it and I was like, holy shit. Because, okay, so like, because I honestly, like, I am like so hot and cold with social media. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want it. Like I'm getting rid of it, whatever. And then some days I, I like think about like, there's, there's so many things I've learned from social media. There's people that inspire me. And then I'm like, why do certain people inspire me? And why do some don't? And like, it's because some people are authentic and like provide resources and information and just ask questions like, or get us to ask questions. So anyways, I was like, you know what? That's so accurate. That's genuinely how I feel when I look at your content in the, like in the past and like what you create now. So that was really a really good thank you summary. Thank you for yeah. that nice little um boost again also <laughs> I feel the exact same way with social media like it's super it's such a love and hate relationship because I've been like on it for so long and then this is how I make my money and then it's also giving me this amazing platform and like life but mm-hmm. it there's like I just like 
Cause as I heal, I'm like, I hate it here. And then I'm like, but wait, like I could do so much with, you know, like this, um, audience and like, I, you know, so it's just, it's, it's all chaos in my mind. So I can definitely relate to you because definitely you have your platform and like the internet is such a democratizing space, but then at the same time, um, it's also sometimes a really toxic space and a really like dysfunctional place, you know, mm -hmm. so, I understand. <laughs> I couldn't imagine having like a large, like a large platform like yours. And like, I don't get much like backwatch. I get like the one-off ones where I'm like, yeah, that's weird. Like, because it's just like, so I'm like, you clearly didn't even listen to the episode or like, etc. cetera. Uh, and I'm not disregarding people's opinion. I, I love if people like have pushback on things that I talk about. Like, I love to have conversations about this stuff. Anyways, um, what was I going to say to that? Oh, like, I'm just curious because like you do still kind of create content. And I know you're still in a transitory period, but like, I'm curious. So now... Like, how do you see past that of like, uh, social media is bad. Do you get what I'm trying to ask? Or is that too like broad? No, um, honestly, it's, I think the only reason why social media is honestly really, um, bad, like that's mm -hmm. in quotes is just because, um, it can amplify our like mental health struggles. So if we're dealing with some type of lack in our lives, like it's such a easy way to compare ourselves and like see other people doing better. So, um, I honestly think of it as kind of just like protecting myself and like on good days, obviously that protection is like higher. I'll put my phone down, remember to go outside, remember to like hang out with Comey or, um, to go read a book or journal but then other days like when my days are really bad and I'm feeling pretty like worthless um I'll find myself sucked into social media like looking at TikTok for five to six hours getting like brain fog like a headache and our bodies are so wise they like are tuned into like the things that you should and shouldn't be doing and so um I can feel the physical effects of like being on the computer and like being on my phone for too long um so I feel like for me like I can just combat my relationship with social media as a means of like, how much do I love myself and how much do I kind of want to uh, protect and respect myself? And um, because it is my business now, I am like outsourcing like VAs and like uh, hiring an OBM, which is like online business management and like getting my interns to post for me and to like do engagement hashtags. So um, that's something that's come over time because like I now have the money and the expansion to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But for so long, I was doing everything like comments, uh, liking everything uh you know posting editing creating every all of it like taking my own photo directing my own photo styling my own photo so it's been really nice to like grow and be able to kind of delegate and also protect myself because now what I want to be doing is just healing I don't want to be like um a public figure for like healing I want to just like heal people so I really need to like invest that time to go out and do what I'm good at which is like focus on my craft, which now doesn't have to be fully influencing. And I want to say like, I want to preface this by saying like, I still love content creation. I will never stop doing it. But the fact that it became like my only source of livelihood is when things kind of um, like with anything, right? Like if you love painting, but then painting is the only way you're going to make money and pay the bills, it can get like you know, it's, Spoiled. it's just, yeah, it's like a, it's a slippery slope, you know, yeah. um, it's like your, your greatest dream, but then it can also turn into, you know, a nightmare at times. So I I will always be content creation or I'll always be creating content, but, um, I think the fun of it kind of got sucked out and I'm trying to reclaim that fun mm. back. Yeah, totally. 
Totally. That's super interesting to hear. So <laughs> now I want to flip it on its head. Um, if you feel comfortable sharing, I'm curious, like what have been some of the biggest challenges that you think you've faced? Um, that can be either with your platform or just you personally. Um, I feel like I'm always facing challenges and struggles because I'm definitely the type of person that never wants to like take the easy way out. So like, for example, if one of my videos is doing really well and the algorithm is favoring it, then the next video I'll do is completely out of the algorithm and I'll just completely like lose the views just because I've always kind of been like um, contrarian and kind of like, don't tell me what to do. So that's why like, I don't think I've ever had like a viral moment of growth on YouTube because I'm always like, oh, people really like this video. Well, I want to do this video. So I think like um, the biggest struggle is not kind of succumbing to like being who other people want me to be um, and that's really hard because like obviously um, due to my childhood trauma and like codependency and like people pleasing I definitely like want others to like me and so when you do grow on YouTube as a young a young person like when people are like oh like you shouldn't wear this you shouldn't say that you shouldn't do that um, I started to adopt those voices in my head and I think that's just like part of the job. It's like, how could you not have those voices and those inner critics in your head? Um, so I think that for me is like, um, I know it might seem like I don't care so much about like what society or what other people are doing, but I care really deeply about whether or not um, people kind of accept me and mm. um, acknowledge like my presence. And so I think the biggest struggle has been not being like a full on puppet, even though at times I did feel like a puppet, like having to do, you know, certain things for YouTube in order to be successful because I've done clickbait. It felt gross, but I, I've done it. And, and early, early on in my career, when I was like 19, I definitely did a like tea laxative uh, sponsorship. I had no idea that it was a laxative. But, you know, things like that where I had to kind of learn and realize like, oh, this doesn't feel good for me. Um, and I still did them. But coming out of it on the other side being like, oh, like, that's not me and I don't have to do that again. So those are the struggles I feel like anybody has um, just living day to day life, like not conforming to what your mom says or your dad says or what society wants you to be as a woman. So I think that's the thing that I've always had to struggle. And um, I'm still struggling with it now because I'm like, how do I be a life coach? Like, does a life coach look like this? Do I have to change my style? Do I have to like not have tattoos? And then I'll be like, F that. No, I can like be the life coach for the next generation, which is like with my tattoos, with my colored hair, you know, being as like loud and vibrant as possible. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. I, I totally, what was I going to add to that? <laughs> Sorry, I talk a lot. <laughs> no, there was like two things that I was like, yes, I want to like echo that. No, I, I completely agree. Like that it, it, like even for myself, like we've had completely different lives, obviously we, we all do, but like, for me, it's the same, like I had to try out these things to realize that they were bad, you know, and just so happened that you were doing it in a bit of a public eye as you were growing up. So it's like, I couldn't imagine what that would have been like. And like, if like the thing you're talking about, if you don't look back at your younger self and cringe, it's like, oh, I do that. I cringe real hard. But again, I also show compassion for like, that's where I was at the time. And like, I always say that. Cause like for so long, 
I always knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what it was. And I knew I didn't resonate with like this conventional like way of going. Like I never went to university. I never did that like conventional path, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So what I did instead was like take action and found all the things I didn't want to do. It's like, okay, I don't want to work for other people. I don't want to work in an office. I don't, there's like, there's certain parameters that I have that I now know that I yes. don't want. And it's led me to like all these passive like shit that I really I feel do like, yeah. Yes. Like my yes. podcast, like, like these opportunities I'm, I'm going to be pursuing, etc. And, and so it's super interesting. Like that, that's kind of happened to you as well. Um, there was, there was something else you said there and it was about something you healed. And I, I just really resonated with it, but it's okay. If it comes back to me, I'll, I'll bring it up again. Um, Damn it. That's okay. It's okay. Don't try to retrieve it because the more you try to retrieve it psychologically, it'll go away. So we're just like, um, but I will say like everyone used to always ask me, like, um, I think people going into college and like being high schoolers, like, how do I find my passion? Like, how do I find out things you like? And I'm like, I would say like, well, just do everything that you even have a slight interest in. And honestly, you'll find out that you don't like those things as much as you do or as much as you thought you did. Um, because yeah, like i how do you find your passion by doing a lot of things that aren't your passion like I tutored for four years throughout college and a little bit into you know university I realized I hated that I was super good at it but I hate it um I did I did a lot of random stuff that I just like it never saw the light of day on YouTube because like YouTube you know you have to be like this figure of like oh fashion and beauty um but there's so many things that I did and I hated it and I never would do it again I actually I thought I wanted to be a VJ at one point so Macy's hired me to like go interview interview um Carly Rae Drepson and like all these indie bands and it's just felt so weird and like awkward and I think I was like 21 at the time and it was a big deal and I'm so grateful for that opportunity but I realized like I do not want to be a VJ I will not be on TRL like it was just awful <laughs> wait are you saying BJ or DJ I'm confused BJ so like I think like on TRL they used to have VJs like um you know it's like music hosts and like people I think that's what oh. it was called I don't know what it stands I think it was video journalist I think okay, that's what okay. it stands for yeah so it's basically like the interviewer of like um you know musicians and like artists and stuff and I thought that's what I wanted to do um but I just it felt so unnatural and I was so terrified of like saying the wrong thing and I think I did I was like hey Carly Rae Justin I'm so so nervous and she's like it's okay it's okay I'm, like, I'm nervous <laughs> Yeah. I think it's good sometimes to like acknowledge the nerves. Um, I think it's like Larry King has a whole thing about that. And like uh, yeah. his first time he's like, oh, anyways. But yeah, that's funny when they're like, I definitely know Larry King though. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. But <laughs> and it's always interesting to have like those, those one-off or like sometimes they're the one-off experience or that thing that you're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I did that to this day. Like it's just either not me or whatever, but yet like how everything like leads up in your journey, it's like little breadcrumbs, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, it all makes sense now. And like the things that you take away from experiences that like maybe were really bad. And so how it kind of like streamlines into your life now is always super interesting as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do I have next for you? Oh, I'm very curious. What are some of your biggest inspirations? What or who have been some of your biggest inspirations? Um, I would say, I mean, a lot of things inspire me because I'm such a I'm someone who really loves like a lot of random different um niche things that I feel like most people like I think this is weird but like even 
I know everything about like the business aspect of like the Kardashian empire because I'm so fascinated by it. Really? Um, yeah, like I literally think they're going to make movies on Kris Jenner and like have Harvard like business cases on her and just I think it's going to be like it's going to be insanity in the future. But that's my inkling. But yeah, like even like knowing everything about like the Kardashians and their empire. Um, I love like, you know, indie musicians from Brockhampton, Claro, like Dominic Fike. I love what to see like young people people creating music and like creating their own vibes like I definitely draw a lot of inspiration from like the graphics of Brockhampton and um, the graphic designer his name is Henok HK Seleshi and like I'm a huge fan of him so like I know all these like I love Tyler the creator and like um, just what he's kind of done with like his music style and like obviously his fashion brand and just what's how how different like the culture is with you know things like odd future brockhampton and like kanye so i'm like really inspired by that but then i'm also really inspired by you know typical like uh self-development spirituality people so i love obviously what oprah's done with like just her media empire um obviously i have some qualms with each of these people like i can be very um critical and thoughtful about the ways that people might have done things um but i love oprah i love gabby bernstein who's like a spiritual thought leader um even deepak chopra i love like eckhart tolle like i i, I feel like i i love so many different things and i could never pinpoint it but everyone really inspires me like even the love story between like selena gomez and justin bieber and like Haley bieber i know all of it because the trauma and the psychological impacts that every person in that party um dealt with like i can severely analyze that so i love pop culture i love music i love like all the self-development people too so it's it's weird <laughs> i love it and, and like that's the thing is like we're not all one person so it's like i i think it's great that different things inspire you um i got asked this question recently and i was like oh my goodness like i love questions like we all know my podcast etc but I was like, kind of like, oh, this is good. Even though I was kind of like, seems like a very like normal question or something someone would ask, but what like person, place, podcast experience book has had one of the biggest impacts on you. And if you feel comfortable sharing, like, what was that impact? Um, I feel like there's like this running joke in my friend group that like the Amy that you meet this month is like not going to be the Amy you meet next month because I feel like I'm changing and evolving like a lot um, because every new piece of information that I'm like soaking in, it like vastly changes me. I would say that um, I think just discovering kind of the like media empire that um, Oprah created with like not only her platform and her show, but like through her podcast and through like the Oprah magazine and her blog and like just all these things and kind of really basing it off like spirituality and um, consciousness building or expanding. I think that was really transformative because knowing her history, just like she grew up like in Mississippi, I think Mississippi, I think it was Mississippi, um, just right after Jim Crow segregation. And, you know, she came from like a lineage of maids. And so, um, this like whole world, like being a black woman on TV and being so successful. And then also a lot of people would say that she's like new age spirituality, which is like super condescending. Cause like, 
she's very grounded and it's just spirituality um i think like oh and even her just like having a trans woman um on her television show in the late 90s as a black woman on um daytime tv like so transformative and so like paradigm shifting and i think a lot of people love oprah because she's like this billionaire and she's you know like critically acclaimed kind of um yeah is that what critically i don't know can a person be critically acclaimed i don't know but you know what i'm trying to say though you know like she's a lot of um (laughs) she you know she's like she's this media mogul but like what i see is like oh this is a person that was like definitely born in a time where none of this was even um even imaginable so to see like that whoa like being born you know past jim crow segregation and having a trans person on national television like now we're obviously very vocal about trans rights or the culture is changing a lot but i see kind of like this punk rock like um paradigm shifting innovator of oprah and i think just seeing it through that lens kind of like really inspired me to like because i often feel alien in even my own generation like i'm i'm definitely millennial i'm part of the millennial generation but i feel like i'm like either gen z or even the generation that comes after that because i feel like um my generation is like not progressive enough like i'm like waiting for society and like just just the times to like get more more um open-minded and expansive so i think like that knowing about her and her journey and her career it's like oh wow like there are definitely people who felt super alien to like the era that they were born in and i can only imagine how like our world is gonna look by the time i'm dead and that's gonna be sick so i gotta live a long time i gotta eat healthy i gotta gotta exercise because i got a lot of i have a lot of like we have a lot of glass ceilings to break <laughs> and I got to see it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think I was watching your video the other day about, I think it was law of attraction and like you used Oprah as the example. And like, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for law of attraction manifestation. Um, literally the biggest things in my life came from like, I, people think, Oh, that's so crazy. You have such luck. I'm like, no, I've been sitting on this couch about it. Yeah. Thinking about it every day, putting the action into it. You've been like working towards it. Cause yeah, like the most important part of law of attraction is like action. So yeah, I mean, it's honestly just even people who think that's like magic or wooey, it's literally just psychology. Like if you think about it, you're Mm going to act upon it. It's like self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? So um, yeah. yeah, I definitely believe in law of attraction because it's just fact. It's a what is that uh, Henry Ford quote? Whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Mm. Yes. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, literally though. Um, I'm curious when you were talking about there how you're like, oh, the Amy now. All my friends joke that like the Amy next month's going to be completely different. I love that, and I think like like if you're not growing, you're dying. Like growth is a constant journey. It never ends. How I'm curious, like how has that, um, kind of played it out in your relationships? Because if you're constantly growing and changing, and then hopefully your friends are as well, maybe you grow into different paths, et cetera. Like, have you had any experience of like conflict or any, anything resonating when I bring that up? Absolutely. I would say that the hardest part about healing is definitely like shedding all, not only just your old skins, but all of that all of the stuff that comes with that. So maybe it's like places, even like outgrowing your apartment, outgrowing friends or um, outgrowing just every aspect because something that I think people aren't aware of is when you heal, a lot of the friends and relationships you make are not going to be in alignment with you because some relationships are only made because that was, or 
there the friendships that you made when you were wounded and unhealed are the friendships that are only because you made i don't know how to say it eloquently i'm not saying it eloquently there's a quote um you, it's you sent it in the text message thing ba- yeah basically <laughs> you some of the friends that you make are only the friends that are meant to be with the unhealed version of you. Mm. Um, And I don't think that has been communicated or kind of just like widely talked about um, in the healing journey and healing communities of like TikTok and Instagram and, you know, social media. And um, I've had to like firsthand experience just having to let go of a lot of relationships. Um, And even in my partnership, I'm always asking him to evolve like with me and, um, he's like super aware that I'm super growth oriented and you know with 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 him just even kind of like taking like um a a break from just any type of self-development it's like we can be really out of alignment um so it's like even asking you know the people in your life to show up and to kind of like keep doing the work with you because um that's like the most ideal like you don't want to any ever like leave somebody behind and constantly have to be that person that uplifts and um force or not forces but like is only you're the only motivating factor for that person to grow because then that turns into like codependency and like people pleasing and like feeling responsible for other people's healing um which is also a huge lesson that i've had to learn in healing is not feeling responsible for other people's journey because we're all here to do different things and so um if you can like respect other people's journey and um not not feel responsible for how much they grow or they don't um then i think it's fine to be in each other's lives but you'll find often that some of the people you met when you're really messed up you kind of see them in a different light because you're kind of healing and you're not really you don't really relate to them as much and it's really sad because so many of us relate to each other by the things that we've been through rather than like our authentic like joy and happiness right like how many Mm -hmm. friends you know do we have that oh yeah like you've been through you know that i've been through that too or like um or our only friends because of um you know school or um close proximity like being neighbors or being roommates or something like that and then you realize oh when you're like coming back to yourself which is healing you're like maybe i don't actually have that much common in with this with this person so i think that's been like a struggle that i'm constantly learning and constantly dealing with and it's definitely not easy um and also learning to not repeat that cycle right because you can let go of those friends but if you don't heal what attracted you to them Mm. then you're just going to meet the same friend over and over and over again so it's just it's hard and so um i'm taking kind of like a period of isolation where no new friends we're um under construction for repair and i'm trying to figure this all out i love that i i feel that lately too like i just i think i deny how much i how much of an introvert i am sometimes and i really am curious if i just really allow myself to like fully cocoon what would happen and like what shifts and what like maybe downloads is what I call them or like just, yes. I don't know, like what would come from that experience. Um, I like selfishly want to ask, cause this is something that I, I don't know about you, but I struggle with of like, when I notice a shift in people and I notice that we're growing in different directions, I'm not someone that like, like I always have to have closure. And so I'm curious, like, I know that's like, it, it, it totally depends on the situation, depends on so many factors, but like, do you ha- find that you have to like acknowledge like, hey, we're just growing in different directions or do you just 
usually like often just kind of just fades out you know like some relationships you just neither person texts each other and it years go by you know well i think i i mean i definitely can relate to you on like always wanting to have closure if i can have it but mm-hmm. something that i always have to uh, remind myself and something that i'm constantly learning is that closure isn't something that someone gives you it's something that you find and um kind of cultivate on your own so you mm-hmm. don't even have to speak to someone or um have to communicate with someone to get that closure of the relationship ending for whatever reason so um when that kind of happens it's like we're still seeking a sort of like validation or some type of like um some type of signal from the other person that this is over but we really don't need to have that when your body and your mind and your heart they're so wise like they know when a relationship doesn't feel good to you when you feel drained when you feel like you're walking on eggshells or when you just kind of don't relate to this person anymore um but i totally relate to that so um closure is definitely something you find within and by yourself um but that's the tricky part you know so mm-hmm. that's that's really resonating with me um yeah i'm definitely yeah. gonna think on that more I'm very curious for people that are starting like on their spiritual journey, their self-development or just this kind of journey, this path, what would you want to say to someone at the beginning of it? It's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm. That's something that I also wish someone told me. There's something in spirituality called the dark night of the soul. And it's when you're feeling profound loneliness, feeling anger, upset, because you're kind of realizing and waking up to all of the injustice, pain, hurt, and trauma and abuse you've experienced. And so it's you're going to feel angry. You're going to feel um, upset. You're going to feel like you've been betrayed and um you kind of just have to uh, feel it to heal it. So, after, but you're not going to be angry forever. You're going to get through the anger, which will eventually transmute to like gratitude and compassion. But we can't just skip to gratitude and compassion. That's spiritual bypassing. And I myself tried to do that so much in therapy. It's like, oh, I'm so grateful that, you know, I, w- I went through that hardship. I'm so grateful, you know, for my mom and all of the hardship. But then I realized like I wasn't processing any of the anger and the hurt and the disappointment, which is something you need to do to actually heal Um, because otherwise we're just spiritual bypassing like I said (laughs) yeah I definitely feel like I I have done that and I'm so guilty of it and I'm still like questioning like oh no I feel good about that or etc I'm like do I really or is there more to it and it's been interesting even this past year the people I've met from my podcast have really reflected a lot back to me even my partner reflects the deepest parts of me back to myself and just like questioning really going into like childhood and things like that and like I've had a very privileged childhood and things like that but things happen everyone you know what I mean no one's perfect we're human and and like yeah I thought I had been on my journey for like four years and then this year happened and I'm like holy fuck I'm I know nothing (laughs) and healing is non-linear so um it's not always going to be just like the up and up so if it's totally okay to like just go in circles and then maybe shoot up and then go back down so (laughs) yeah yeah it's very interesting um the other question I want to ask you is um Okay, this this might be the last one I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you with, um, and I don't know if it's too similar to the last one I just asked. Let me know. But what advice would you give your younger self? Oh man, probably <laughs> just like um, keep it up and um, 
No, man. I, there's so much I would say. Probably just like keep doing your thing and um, nothing makes sense to you, but that's going to be the greatest gift because one day like everything is going to make sense after you embark on this journey and you're going to help other people make sense of all of this chaos. So I would just say like keep doing your thing and um, I feel like I don't even want to say like be relaxed and like don't pressure yourself because definitely that pressure and that anxiety that I had from my childhood trauma is what led me to embark on this like crazy journey to healing. So I wouldn't even say like chill out. Like I know a lot of people say like don't pressure yourself, mm-hmm. but I'm like I think my mental health struggles needed to get better for me. I mean needed to get worse for me to get better. I kind of had to break down to break to break open. So I would just say keep doing your thing and like um you're going to turn all of these wounds into wisdom and like your pain into your power and your trauma into your triumphs. And that's like going to be so awesome. And you're going to be a rock star. (laughs) I got like goosebumps when you were talking about like all the stuff that doesn't make sense is going to make sense one day. I don't know. I just feel like that's something, I don't know. I got goosebumps. I think that's really cool. I think it's because you're definitely on that journey of like (laughs) making everything make sense. And so I feel like you're doing the same thing. You're like turning your pain into your power and like just figuring this out. Well, I think we're like really becoming the people that we needed when we were younger. Mm. Um, And that's like one of my biggest, biggest motivations is like, damn, I really needed this version of myself when I was like 14. (laughs) I feel that like, um, my biggest, this is like super random, but like, I remember I had this download in the shower one time and I like lost my mind of just talk like, like this past year has been a lot of healing around like my attachment style that honestly, like I've been in the spiritual game and like, I, 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 I love to read about different things, but for some reason, attachment styles just like fucked me up in such a good way, like completely changed my life. Um, and I remember when I first heard about it, I like, my partner told me about it. We had this conversation. I had this, I had a, went in the shower and I smoked a little bit of weed and I was just thinking about it. And I was like, Oh my God, like I feel so vulnerable. Like this is so crazy. And at the time I remember thinking to myself, like, how cool could it be if I like worked through this and I sat down with like a therapist or someone that knows a lot about it and like told other people about it because I wish I heard about this. Like, um, like when you were younger. Yeah. And it, I just realized now it did happen. My friend's a therapist and we did an episode on attachment styles. And so it's like, I don't know. It it, it is. I never realized that. I thought it would be like, like to me, that scared the shit out of me. I was like, Oh my God, I can never share about like my attachment styles on my podcast. Like that's so vulnerable. Now I'm like, yep. Like no biggie. Like (laughs) after you, I mean, I think that's part of the healing process. Like after you've healed, you've got to go help other people heal. Cause like Mm -hmm. in the same vein, like, um, what is it? Hurt people, hurt people. I think healed people, heal people. So like in that woundedness, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't tell people like how, you know, my insecure attachment style ruined my life or something like that. But once you get on the other side of things, you're like, oh, actually that makes a lot of sense that that happened. And like, let's go help other people make sense of all of that trauma and chaos. So I definitely, that's why I, um, prior to coming on with you, like, I was like, I don't care what questions you have. Like I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. The only thing I'll censor myself is like if other people like uh, may take offense to it. But that's the, again, me wanting to be accepted and me mm-hmm. wanting to like be acknowledged. Um, I will censor myself if it has to do with other people's like identities because um, I would never want to like intentionally hurt someone. 
Yeah, no, I get it. I totally get it. And I remember what I was going to say earlier. It was about uh, feeling seen, like you talking about that, like people pleasing, things like that. I was like, I was just going to say, like, I resonate with that. And like, yeah, I've always went on this different path. But at the same time, I was always looking for, like, as you said, to be seen. I'm like, wow, that's exactly it. I didn't want people to be like, oh, I like what you're doing. I don't care what people think of that, but I wanted to be seen. So I don't know. I just really resonated with what you said there. So yeah. there we go. That came from I think, I think that's um, definitely like the the universal feeling of being human is like wanting to feel like you matter feeling like you are seen and feeling like you're safe and like that your existence uh, matters on planet earth so i think that's like what we're all here to do is to like feel like we matter and our existence is like important which every person obviously um matters and every person's like identity and existence is important um but it's our journey to like really wake up to that so mm-hmm. um definitely like i feel like i relate you relate and i know so many people out there are just like that's why we're seeking so much like external validation but all of that validation can only be found from within and that's the hard part <laughs> mm, 100 percent Amy, honestly, like you are a gem of a human. Thank you again for coming on. It's been, I've really enjoyed our conversation as I knew I would. Um, If people want to connect with you further, see more of your content, work with you, et cetera, tell us where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Amy underscore Lee and Amy Lee on YouTube. Um, TikTok, I think it's Amy Vagabond with one D. It used to be two Ds. That's why I have to say that. Um, <laughs> and then also at uh, patreon.com slash seen and safe. That is where we uh, do our membership portals. So we're doing monthly healing circles, mini coaching sessions, uh, full moon and new moon rituals, um, astrology talks and having like a 24 seven text community. So if you want to join me there it's only $11 a month so um yeah that's where you can find me (laughs) awesome thank you again Amy it was such a pleasure and I hope to connect with you again soon definitely thank you I would like to take a moment to say a final thank you to Amy for coming on the podcast and sharing a little bit about her journey so during our conversation, Amy and I were speaking about a Theodore Roosevelt quote, and I thought it would be valuable to share the full quote here in the outro. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. All right, my friends, that is all that I have for you in this episode. As always, I want to say a final thank you to you, the listener, for providing me with your two most valuable resources, your time and your attention. If the curious one is adding value to your life, it would mean the world to me if you could rate and review the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss a thing. As well, be sure that we are connected over on Instagram. My Instagram is at the curious one podcast, and it is my favorite place to connect and share beautiful, inspiring quotes, art, you name it. All right, I'll see you in the next one. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at the curious one podcast. 
For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.